Do it. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank You oh so much for the many things You allow us to be a part of. And now about getting into Your Word. Help us to understand it and apply it in the right way. Encourage us through Your Word. And then encourage us to go out and encourage others out there in the world as well. We thank You oh so much for the many things You allow us to be a part of. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. We are more than conquerors. We know what's going to happen in the end. The Lord has revealed that to us. We know what we have to look forward to as truly born-again Christians. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul is addressing some of this and teaching the church at Rome very early on in his missions. Reads, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This condemnation is speaking of condemnation to an eternity in the lake of fire. Condemnation into hell. There is none for those that are truly born again Christians. For the law of the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of the sin and death. He buys us back from a life of sin. He buys us back from a slave situation. We're no longer a slave to our sins when we trust in Jesus Christ. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We need to always stay in communion with the Holy Ghost that is in us. And that causes us to walk in the Spirit. Always stay spiritually minded, not carnal minded or of the flesh. Keep your focus and your priorities on serving the Lord in a way to bring honor and glory to Him in everything. For they that are after the flesh or those that seek the flesh or to, to... to provide for the flesh, or to please the flesh. That's what he's speaking of. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So what is your priority? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's that peace that passeth all understanding that we can have when we truly keep our eyes on the right things. And that is on the Spirit side, on the Lord, on everlasting life that we have to look forward to. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're not born again, spiritually alive, you cannot please God. No matter what they do, no matter what good work they do, it is still not pleasing to the Lord. Because they're not doing it for the Lord. They're doing it for themselves, their own selfish desires to feel good about doing something good. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you're not indwelt with the Holy Ghost, you're not a born-again Christian. Simple as that. 
And when you trust in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and become born again, you automatically indwelt with the Holy Ghost. And if Christ be in you, in the form of the Holy Ghost, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. That's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been blanketed upon us. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Quicken, that means to be brought back to life. We have a glorified body that we are looking forward to to be able to utilize, to be able to use during the millennial period and then roll over into the eternal state. There's therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Mortify, cut off, kill off, separate from For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons and daughters, of course. Family of God is what he's speaking of. When you're led by the Spirit. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. To fear. That's something way too many people hang on to. They hold on to fear. They thrive to have fear. They live on fear. Which is a shame. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We don't have to be afraid anymore because we have Heavenly Father looking after us. We have such a close personal relationship to Him that we can call Him Abba, which is a term of endearment like Daddy or Papa. Before the finished work of Jesus Christ, this was never available to anyone other than Adam and Eve, and they lost that when they turned against the simple instructions that were given to them. Jesus Christ was the only one that could say, Abba, Father. And when He finished His work, He allowed us to be able to have that kind of relationship. When He was crucified and the veil was rent from, bottom to, from top to bottom, it was a representation of the opening to a relationship with the Heavenly Father that now we can cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That's a communion. A constant communication between the Spirit of God and our spirit that He brings back to life when He saves us. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. And this suffering is an opportunity for us to suffer for the work of righteousness. And then we'll be glorified for that. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The suffering is nothing compared to what we're going to receive later. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Like within us, we have that eagerness, that impatience almost to the point, wanting to have that glorified body, wanting to have that face-to-face personal relationship that you can reach out and actually touch Jesus Christ. 
For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That corruption is decaying and rotten and withering away. No, we don't have a body. we won't have a body like that. We'll have a glorified body. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. All of creation, everything in existence is on a decaying, isn't it? Is is corrupting, is rotting away, is diminishing, is getting worse and worse. The whole universe, the earth, mankind, everything. It's diminishing. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. When you wake up and feel the aches and pains, you can say, praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to that glorified body. It's not going to have any aches or pains. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. That hope, like I spoke of earlier, is that confident anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of God. Have you got that Confidence in that. When you have that confidence, then that peace that passes all understanding comes upon you. That is the hope that is within us. But it's not hope if you have, it's already been revealed to you. Because then you're not awaiting it. You don't hope for something that you already have. Because you've already received that. So hope, true hope, is looking forward to something you haven't received yet. With confidence. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. This is awesome part right here. How the Spirit of God is within us, helping us, helping our failures, our afflictions, our problems. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Even we, we don't... Excuse me. Even when we don't have sense enough to pray properly, the Holy Ghost is in us doing it right. We might be praying for something that we shouldn't have, or we might be praying in an incorrect way, but the Holy Ghost is doing it right all the time, and they're doing it right. Therefore, we can take comfort in knowing that. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. No, that Holy Ghost that is within you is always praying for us and always praying for us in the will of the Lord. Sometimes we pray for stuff that's not within the will of the Lord. But the Holy Ghost is in there doing it right. That's why we can relax. We can be at peace. We can be comforted. And knowing that the Holy Ghost is always praying for us. We can see things happen in our lives. We can have things done for us. We can receive healings. We can receive prosperity. We can receive blessings of all sort. And it's like, I didn't even pray for that, but yet here it came upon me. That's because the Holy Ghost is praying for you. He's asking for things 
for you that you may not even know you need yourself yet. So that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's comforting. That's exciting. That's an amen moment right there. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His will. Does that mean that everything is going to be pleasurable? Everything's going to be nice and comfortable and easy going? Absolutely not. That means everything that you are experiencing can be and will be worked out to a benefit either yours or somebody else around you. The sufferings that you go through strengthen you, can make you become an awesome witness to someone else that is possibly going through the same thing. And that is watching you. How are you handling such a challenge? Whether it be a challenge of a temptation or a challenge of of an infirmity or an affliction of some sort. How are you handling that? You can use that to bring honor and glory to the Lord, therefore brings good to them as well as yourself. You can learn from those experiences and be strengthened through those experiences, which helped your walk with the Lord as well. Read that again. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God always know that everything is done for a purpose. Whether we know it or not, whether we realize it or not, it's still being done for a purpose. And we yield to the will of the Lord. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now don't take this wrong. Some people think that, okay, it's predestined that you're going to be saved or predestined that you're going to be lost. And they just give up and don't do anything. That's not what he's talking about. It was predetermined that there would be a door of opportunity for everyone to come in and be a part of the family of God. That was predetermined. That was set right from the beginning. Whether you take advantage of that or not is up to you. But it was predetermined that that would be available to you and that the place of of your work, your responsibility, your ordination was already laid out and planned for you. Whether you abide by that, yield to that, yield to the will of the Lord or not, is there again up to you. We are not just a bunch of stamped out robots that he has programmed, and we are just obediently following the program. No, we have a free will to abide by His will or to deny His will. Depending on what we do, we'll resort on our relationship with Him and where we spend eternity. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's a wonderful statement right there. If you've got God, no one can come up against God and survive. And He's on our side, then who can be against us? When we totally yield ourselves to the Lord, completely and fully, and hang on for the ride, as I've said so often. It might be a challenging ride sometimes. It might be a, a, a challenge to the point, as He describes in here, that you might not even imagine. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. You only are held accountable to and only answer to God. Don't have to answer to anybody else for your sins. Just to God. He's the one that's going to judge us for eternity. Who is he that condemneth? No mankind can... No one in mankind can condemn you to an eternity in the lake of fire. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is he is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? Judgment is in the hands of Jesus Christ and he is right there on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, our mediator, speaking on our behalf. When we trust in Him, and He's going to judge us, and He's going to see that we have all the honor and the glory that comes to us, all the rewards that come to us, and all the judgment, chastisement, whatever. We've got to yield to that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution? or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. No one can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. None of these things. These things are going on today. Tribulation, definitely. Distresses, yes, when we look around and see all the stuff that's going on. Persecutions on the increase, especially in this country. The persecutions against Christians is terrible. And famine around the world. Nakedness, peril or sword, the wars and rumors of wars they're talking about. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Talking about being killed. Talking about being sheep of the slaughter. Wait a minute, didn't he just say earlier, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah, that's what he just said a minute ago, but now he's talking about being killed. Got to separate. What is he talking about? No one can separate us from the Lord because we are bound with Him, adopted into the family. Even if they kill this body, it doesn't separate us from God. You got to think flesh or think spirit. In the flesh, yes, we're going to have some hard times. We're going to have some afflictions. There's going to be some affirmatives. There's going to be some persecutions. There's going to be some torturous treatment from the world, from Satan and his followers. There's even going to be executions and death. Yes, but they still cannot separate you from God, even if they kill your body. As it is written, for, we, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And that is really on the increase around the world today. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. More than conquerors. When they kill you, that's promotion. You're going right to the Lord. Like that preacher that was up in some big city and he was at a seminar or a preaching and he was went to walk back to his room and he was a mugger come up to him and said, Give me your money or I'll kill you. He said, boy, you can't threaten me with heaven. Like, he knew, if you kill me, I'm going to heaven. So the guy just said, okay, and he walked off. Can't threaten that guy. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
It isn't of our own selves. It isn't our own might, our own ability, our own achievements that make us those conquerors. It's by the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's by the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost that we are made conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, that's that physical death, neither physical death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Then principalities and powers, that's the governments that are out there. That's the military that's out there. That's all the officials that try to take power and control that are led by Satan. Because that's the powers. Nor the things present, nor the things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing at all can separate us from that relationship that we achieve when we become the sons and daughters of God by accepting Jesus Christ and having that adoption into the family that we can call the Heavenly Father, Abba, Daddy, Papa. Nobody can separate us from that. Nothing can separate us from that. Own disobedience. It cannot separate us. You are still a child. You might become a disobedient child and receive the wrath of God and a little bit of chastisement or a whole lot of chastisement. He take you out of here altogether, but He takes you home. You lost rewards. You lost blessings. You lost your testimony. But you not lost the relationship with God. You still have that. But don't wind up being like that, just going through by the skin of your teeth No, you want to hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That's what we want to hear. So live properly, live right, bring honor and glory to the Lord, and be looking forward to what He tells us that He has in store for us. Now we mentioned there earlier that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth. Our body itself is groaning and travailing like, oh, these aches and pains and woes, especially like I said earlier, if you get a few decades under your belt, you really start to feel it. You're really looking forward to what he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, picking it up in verse 50. place I go to so often because it's so encouraging. What we as born-again Christians have to look forward to, what we as conquerors have to look forward to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. We cannot physically inherit the kingdom of God. Now this kingdom of God he's talking about is the new heaven, the new earth, the glory in that, and to be able to live there and dwell there. We're not going to go over in this mortal body that we currently have. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Let's not just talk about a slumber where you lay your your head down and you take a nap. No. This sleep is talking about a born-again Christian that is dead in the flesh, that has died physically. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's faster than a blink at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed 
For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Corrupting is talking about rotting away, decaying or withering or suffering or dying physically. It's not going to happen anymore. That cannot inherit eternity. We're going to have a glorified body, an immortal body. That means one that will not die, will not decay, will not wither away. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So keep working, stay on the straight and narrow. Steadfast means keep at it. Steadfast, constantly doing it. Unmovable. Don't be swayed by the world. Don't be conformed to the world. We know that when we leave here, we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to receive a glorified body. We know that we're going to be like Him. And we know, as the Lord told the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23 and verse 43, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Not later on, sometime, after you come up out of the grave or after you go through purgatory. No, none of that. Today with him in paradise. No delay. Right away. If we, we leave here, we'll be with the Lord. Immediately. Like Paul teaches the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 1, For know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, talking about this body, if this body gets dissolved, which everything will be at the last when he destroys everything and creates everything anew, but this body here, if it's gone, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That glorified body that we just read about over in 1 Corinthians, this old body is groaning like I'm sure I'm looking forward to that glorified body that's not going to have those aches and pains and woes and cares. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. That's clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now, he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. See, we have the first payment, you might say, earnest. If you go into any transactions with real estate, you have an earnest account, you have earnest, you have a deposit made on purchase with a promise of more to come. Well, the Lord that has indwelt us with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is that down payment. That's just a sample of what we have to look forward to.
Therefore, we are always confident. Are you confident? Are you assured? You should be. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I mean, we would all refer, prefer to be right there with the Lord, in hand with the Lord right now, in a glorified body, ready for the next stage. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. A little reminder there about the judgment. A little reminder there about what we have looking forward to. We have that glorified body to look forward to, yes. But also we know that there is going to be a time of accountability. So we use everything that He's blessed us with to bring honor and glory to Him, including our body that we currently have. Always have confidence in Him and to know that you are more than conquerors and know that we are going to be like Him and it's going to be way beyond what we could imagine. Over in small epistle in 1 John chapter 3, a display and words about how much He loves us and what He has promised us. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, sons and daughters, that means family members of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That right there lets us know that we are going to be like Jesus Christ. Whatever physical manifestation, whatever bodily form that He chooses to have, He's going to allow us to be that same way. What we have to look forward to next, of course, is paradise. And then from there, the millennial period. And from the millennial period, the eternal state. Each one of those stages, each one of those phases, whatever it is, whenever it is, however it is, He's going to allow us to be like Him. And that is so awesome. That we are going to be able to be like the one who spoke everything into existence. So you can imagine the very most extreme best body you could possibly think of, and that's still not going to compare to what you're going to be able to be because you're going to be able to be like Jesus Christ. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. How do you purify yourself? By asking for the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ to be poured upon you, to be asking for forgiveness, constantly be asking for forgiveness. He tells us to pray without ceasing, a constant prayer, to keep it prayed up, be looking forward to those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So much ahead of us, and that we got to always know that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, through His love, through His finished work. More than conquerors. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, namely Father, we thank You so much for allowing us to be conquerors, to conquer sin, to conquer 
physical realm and be able to be lifted up into the spiritual realm and be able to be looking forward to the millennial period and the eternal state so much ahead of us and help us always stay focused on that, not to be overwhelmed with the things that are going on today, but to be looking forward to what's going to happen tomorrow. Thank you oh so much for all of it that you allow us to be a part of. Encourage all of us as we go throughout this life as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Would please stand.